0: By the time you hear this podcast, you'll realize this wasn't a college course.
1: They come from everywhere to take the challenge. Name that to balls of Fire. My eyes adore you. That's it. Yeah. Do that to me one more time. Yeah. the nice night. Yes, ma'am. And if they can name it, they can claim it. Road sixty six.
0: Two. by the time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and there we are on facebook live Woo. and we're back with episode 81 and we are doing this tonight of the nfl draft and the right before we started we saw baker mayfield was taken number one
2: yeah
0: um <laughs> his career is i'm surprised he didn't
2: pull a I won't play for you. <laughs> I, it's hey, like he did know. everything
0: but that. He's like, I don't want to play for Cleveland. Yeah, I want to play for, um,
2: I'll go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have any eligibility left. That'd be funny. It's like, I'll go He's back. Like, I, I'm, I'm I was work. a volunteer. We <laughs> get my graduate degree. Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, he has his Ph.D. And, you know, the, the Browns drafting him is the greatest thing that ever happened to him. He's <laughs> curing
0: cancer. Everything. Uh, it's weird that he 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 was a third round pick to me. Yeah. I don't know what anybody saw. Compared to someone like Lamar Jackson, to me, the knock on Lamar Jackson. do the, the only thing on to him. me, the only thing to me with Lamar Jackson Okay, he's got to put on a few pounds. Mm-hmm. He's pretty thin.
2: How? I was gonna say, how much does he weigh? Like, he was
0: like one ninety-five. Oh God, he's
2: one ninety-five.
0: I think he needs to go up to like two hundred five, two ten. He doesn't need to go up too high, but just a how much does Tom Just enough Brady to where it seems like Tom Brady. He's probably like, it's probably like two thirty. Tom Brady looks like a stick. <laughs> he's six. Yeah, he's six five. Like he's if like you hit him too
2: hard, he might not get back up. And Only thing
0: with me, Lamar Jacks need to put on some weight. Baker Mayfield can't grow. No, he cannot. <laughs> so, um, well, uh, Cleveland Browns, you made your bed. Now you have to lie in it. And who knows? Next time this year, maybe we'll be
2: like, "Well, congratulations to the Cleveland Browns for winning the Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> with Baker Mayfield." Who would have thunk it?
0: Yeah. Let us see if they've done the second pick Psych.
2: yet. Psych? <laughs> That's not going to happen, people. That's not going to happen. If that happens, I'll eat my computer. <laughs> That's
0: how confident I am this will happen. What I thought, ooh, the Giants <clears throat> took Saquon Barkley. I heard that might happen. Cause oh, the Jets. Get, the Jets took Sam Darnold. Yeah.
2: there we go. I heard they want to get uh, Eli some help, They I think he still has a few championship years in him. He's like 37. Yeah. I think they're looking like, well, Brady did it. And it's
0: like, well... I think now the Browns, since they already took their quarterback, they can't get their running back. They take Bradley Chubb and put him on the other side
2: of Garrett. Okay.
0: They have to do the or they or they just trade down and get, you know, somebody else. Mm
2: -hmm. And more picks in the later rounds.
0: Or they might take that guard out of Notre Dame, who's apparently like the best lineman in the draft. But normally you don't see that with guards. (laughs) (laughs) You see that with left tackles, Tackles, (laughs) specifically on the left side. But um,
2: so, yeah. yeah. So you get your music and your football
0: talk. Yeah. A little bit of football. Yeah. Um, But thank you to everyone who has uh, watched and downloaded mm-hmm. so far. Uh, if you want to tell people where you, you're where you can find us. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, you're already there. Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. We're also uh, we also have a website by the time you hear this dot com. The website and the Facebook URL are spelled with the word you If you want to get with us on Instagram, we are at, by the time you hear this, but with the letter U, because we're understanding
2: and upstanding.
0: Yes. Yes. All of those. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you can also, uh, email us by the time you hear this at gmail.com. That is the same spelling as our Instagram handle. You can send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas, um, if you're an independent artist we'll play your music for free.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I did get a link from uh it was someone in it was from February, so I'm sorry I missed sorry. it <laughs> but um I couldn't play the song and I couldn't find it anywhere um so if we were somehow on your mailing list um send us a, a link whether you're on Spotify or Apple music or YouTube or something yeah and um We'll, we'll be able to play your music on the show. Yeah, even if you want to be
2: a guest too, like if you got a topic yeah. and you know you feel like you could, uh, you know, sit at the table and talk with us, or you know, virtually at the table because I don't know where you yeah. are. But yeah, yeah,
0: you we know. we use Skype. You know, like like we've had our, our podcast cousin. We've had Brandon yeah. on a few times. <laughs> I've never met him in person. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I hope he doesn't take that as offense. Like, we've no, no, I've never met I, him in person. Can. We, we haven't met we have yeah. met him in person. But like we're not lying. You know, but you know, we've had several <laughs> yeah. conversations. Yeah, you follow know. him on Instagram and yeah. Facebook. He's a cool dude. So um we can uh Yeah, so you know if you wanna if you wanna be a guest and you have something that uh, you know interesting idea if you want to um just to promote yourself, you know, we don't mind that. Mm-mm. Um and you can listen to us on the go if you if you uh, so choose, we recommend it. We recommend podcasts. Listening to them on the go. Yes, uh, you can find us on Podomatic. If you have an iPhone, you can find us on the Apple Podcast app. If you have an Android, you can find us on the Google Music app. You can also listen to us on TuneIn, Overcast, Castbox, Auto Radio, and Satchel Podcast Player. Um, still trying to find a a couple of other platforms They haven't gotten back to us yet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, let's go ahead and get into the show. And, um, for those who are into dance music, into EDM, um, lost a great, um, he was one of the biggest artists in the world to me, uh, as far as EDM goes, um, Avicii, um, whose real name was can you pronounce it? Tim Bergeling. Okay.
2: I, yeah. I guess I thought it was more complicated than it really was. No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: Tim Bergeling. He was found dead um, last week. He was only 28 years old. Um, there was a statement released by his family that said our beloved Tim was a seeker, A fragile artistic soul searching for answers to existential questions. An overachieving perfectionist who traveled and worked hard at a pace that led to extreme stress. When he stopped touring, he wanted to find a balance in life to be happy and be able to do what he loved most, music. There is no cause of death revealed. Um, Ben, you found that it may have been... Yeah, so nothing confirmed
2: yet, but they think it the family has released a statement saying that
0: uh it looks like an apparent suicide. Okay. Yeah. Uh he did um suffer from acute pancreatitis, in part due to excessive drinking. Uh he had his gallbladder and appendix removed in twenty fourteen, according to this article in Kansas a series of shows in an attempt to recover. He retired from performing in 2016, but still produced albums and songs. Um, yeah. So it says here, Vici's family reveals
2: yeah. he could not go on any longer. A new statement, and a new statement, and that he wanted to find peace. Um, so they haven't released details of this of the death, so to speak, but a statement like that heavily implies suicide. Um, and
0: uh, autopsies show nothing suspicious. Yeah. So they have ruled so, out criminal. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, also in a statement, Tim was not made for the business machine he found himself in. He was a sensitive guy who loved his fans but shunned the spotlight. Tim, you will be forever loved and sadly missed. The person you were and your music will keep your memory alive. Um, Yeah, I'd
2: never seen him before he died. I didn't even know what he looked like.
0: I I knew what he looked like um, as far as a couple of his videos. uh, I know the one for Wake Me Up, which was one of it was a smash around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like in the video briefly of the okay. one version I saw. Um, and he also had another song called levels, which was, uh, uh, the song that like, I got a good feeling that mm-hmm. floor Rider later used. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, he, um, he look just just by looking at him, he looks like your classic bedroom DJ, which basically he just <laughs> makes songs and mixes in his room and maybe he'll put him out on the internet, maybe he, he won't. won't, yeah. <laughs> but it's just for you know just for for fun. Yeah. Um That's a good way to think it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that that's that's you know that's what he looked like, but you know, I think the the popularity of EDM. I think you would say within the last ten years, mm-hmm. kind of pushed DJs to the spotlight. You know, the success of David Guetta and Calvin how Calvin mm-hmm. and Calvin Harris, and how there's kind of a bit of resurgence with Paul Oakenfold and. Mm-hmm. um, I
2: had someone mention Steve Aoki
0: to me today. Axwell and I haven't heard him yeah. in a while. I was like, Steve Aoki. <laughs> and Steve Aoki. I was like, aren't yeah. you a little young to know who Steve Aoki is? <laughs> it was with a with, with, oh, guy like Steve Aoki. He kind of, with him like making this resurgence, that's kind of where Waka Flocka ended up going, like doing that kind of music. <laughs> yeah. So Waka Flocka is popular, very popular outside of America now. Yeah. I wonder, like,
2: how does he keep making money? <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, he, you know, he's, uh, Avicii's put in with those guys and, um, he, if he was put into the spotlight and it wasn't something he was comfortable with, you know, it's going to lead to drinking and it could lead to stress and, you Mm -hmm. know, he, he couldn't go on any longer.
2: Well, it also kind of makes you wonder how, how, um. Real that song by Mike Posner was. I took a pill in, um, in Ibiza. to show Avicii I was cool. Like, was Avicii that type of dude to be around? Where it's like, what you got? <laughs>
0: he's a superstar. Yeah. If you in, and Ibiza, Ibiza, yeah. Ibiza, Ibiza however it's know. pronounced. Yeah. If he's the, if he's there, Avicii's a superstar yeah. over there. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Browns took. Denzel Ward with their, with the fourth pick. Okay. Okay. This is getting interesting. <laughs> if anybody called that one, <laughs> Bradley Chubb is <has> fallen. <laughs> but anyway, um, rest in peace to Avicii. Um, the dance floors will miss him. Yeah, I am sure. All right. Um, moving forward with our next story. Um, I don't even want to pull this up, but which one, uh, so biopics <laughs> are the popular, um, popular movie genre, of course. So, uh, I saw a story. I kind of glanced at it. Uh, I didn't think any more about it, but according to, um, a story from up rocks and a story from the boom box, uh, actually there's the, okay it's not going to be a biopic about her yes about it's Hugh more of P a biopic Newton. about Huey P Newton yeah being produced by former NBA player Matt Barnes yeah and Beyonce uh Matt Barnes wants Beyonce to play Angela Davis
2: that makes a lot more sense now that i saw that Matt Barnes is producing it that it makes more sense now so this will probably happen <laughs> he tried to get them stars yeah basically right? <laughs> got to get some stars Matt you know. Barnes has high hopes that Beyonce will play Angela Davis so granted you know that she doesn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting um, if you get the right lead character about Huey B. Newton you won't have to do a lot of heavy lifting so why not get Fergie that's
0: a joke that's a joke do you know how know. sensitive black social media is not just Twitter <laughs> and you're on Reddit so we I just don't know g- what black reddit's like <laughs>
2: black reddit is actually from what i've been told black people uh black people twitter on reddit is just full of a bunch of white people and white people twitter is full of a bunch of black people just making fun of each other (laughs) that's what i've been told so whenever you go on there you're not talking to black people you're talking to white people and you go to white people twitter it's just black people uh
0: (laughs) backwards right anyway (laughs) so with this film um, I know it's not music. It's kind of music related. Well, I mean, it's it a music star. Is. Yeah. Because you have, you have Beyonce involved. Matt bars is talking a lot. It, I basically, what he's said already, I feel like none of it's going to happen because you read about <laughs> stuff and then you find out later that um, it's been changed That mm-hmm. stuff has changed. Um, so he's saying that Brian Barber is going to direct the movie. Brian Barber, who directed most of Outcast videos and Idlewild. I was
2: gonna say, did he do Idlewild? But okay,
0: yeah. Uh, Dr. Dre's gonna score it.
2: Okay, I, now he's just talking. <laughs> he's just saying. And
0: stuff. Uh, Keith Powers, who played Ronnie in the New Edition story, <laughs> is gonna play Huey Newton.
1: Uh, and they
0: have a budget of twenty million dollars. You can't afford. You can't you afford know. Dr. Dre. You probably can't afford Brian Barber probably can't afford you, can't Beyonce. Be on, you definitely can't afford Beyonce this is going to go to be for 20 easy. million dollars if that includes actor salaries
2: yeah why don't you just do a one a one man uh, movie about with Will Smith starring as Huey
0: P. Newton it's just a monologue <laughs> well that's been done what movie well it's called Huey I think it's called Huey oh god or I was Huey just making P. this Newton. up it was a one-man show it had Robert G. Smith really Okay. Um as Huey P. <laughs> Newton, it was directed by Spike. Lee. It was a play.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: Um but yeah, it was it was a one-man show. <laughs> well, never mind. I guess you can't do that. <laughs> huh, okay.
2: Huh, never it's like, mind.
0: It's actually it's actually quite good. People want to check it out. They if you have PBS, they show on PBS every once in a while. But uh Beyonce is Angela Davis. I feel like it will be a small role. So maybe they don't have to pay her as much. Yeah. <laughs> um, just I do for one day. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be like, uh, you ever seen that, um, the clip of where chance, the Rapper is at the Grammys and he's talking to somebody and Beyonce just walks up behind him. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like, this. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, Oh snap. It's Angela Davis. Hey.
0: <laughs> and then that's it. Like, Oh, okay. So, um, Moving on, Kanye's been in the news a lot over the past few days. Yeah, uh, one yeah. it was at first it was like, oh wow, great, Kanye's in the news, he's and back. then in the last twenty four hours, like, come on, man! Someone that said he's in a sunken place. <laughs> Some people are are torn. Yeah, they they are truly torn to should I listen to his music anymore because he's a fan of Donald Trump. We've supported people for worse. <laughs> Yeah. Just being honest. We've supported people
2: for worse. Granted, we don't know what he's gonna to do to the country. People support Bill Cosby. Yeah. Even now. Yeah. I don't care if he's guilty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, like finna be mean. Um when I was substitute <laughs> teaching, I still had young girls saying, He can beat me and I had to be like, Jesus, save them. Like it was so sad. Like, um, I admit that I still listen to R. Kelly from time to time, even though, you know, um apparently everyone's abandoning him for sex his sex slaves or whatever so yeah we've listened to people we've supported people for worse um i went back and gave him some streams today i listened to my beautiful dark twisted fantasy on the way to work i gave him some streams i'm sorry y'all at least i didn't go to starbucks can i say that (laughs) (laughs) which you know i don't like starbucks so i didn't have to do anything but stay woke look eat
0: Black people, we can't we can't boycott everything. No, nah. I think we 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 are allowed to pick and choose. Yeah, mm-hmm. because if we boycott everything, that's when we're looked at as a monolith. Every <laughs> I everything right here, every time I say the word monolith, I think of that Kia Pill sketch with the Black Republicans, <laughs> which featured Cosby showing love Malcolm Jabal Warner It all its full circle. Oh now. man! Um, <laughs> but <laughs> someone said that it worked. Like, aren't we supposed to be uh
2: it's like, oh, you went to Starbucks? She's like, yeah, like, aren't we supposed to be boy kind of Starbucks? I'm sitting there like, can you not think for yourself? Did the Starbucks try to kick you out? Did they call the cops on you? <laughs> <laughs> if they did, I would understand, you know, but this is one in Philadelphia. We can still go to the one in Buckhead. It's okay. It's okay.
0: <laughs> uh, NFL draft update. The, uh, Broncos selected Bradley Chubb. So, yeah, let's put him on the other side of Von Miller. Good <laughs> luck. Scary. Good luck. Good luck,
2: offenses. Yeah. Do we play them next year at
0: all? I know we I opened
2: know. up against the Eagles, so um, that should be a W. Right? Right? Um, I don't know. <laughs> Man, Sark
0: better get it together. <laughs> That's all I got to say.
2: I'm a, My Falcons fans out there, I know y'all feel me. Sark's got like to get together.
0: But uh, as far as Kanye goes, um, MAGA hat aside.
2: So, yeah, yeah, I didn't know he. So that's what I found out this afternoon, that he posted a picture of it and him wearing it. Yeah. And there's another picture of him going out and like walking around his neighborhood in it. So it's like, yeah, he's about that
0: life right now.
2: Yeah, I can't help but think though,
0: I, but it's weird that people are mad now because he, he said, said before, this before he would yeah. have voted for Trump. Yeah, so it's not
2: like and even just now
0: he's still a fan of him.
2: Yeah, so it's not like I think he, didn't he finds know. him
0: entertaining rather than like supporting his policies. I think he just finds him entertaining,
2: and that sounds like something that Kanye would find entertaining, like not realizing like what's really happening. Like these, this could have you know lasting effects. He's like, he's like, this is funny. Yeah. I'm supporting the because it's (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) And I mean, some of this, if you really do step back is kind of funny, but then you think like, man, it's because of the, because of what it actually means. Like something could really, like someone could really get hurt here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if he's just like, yeah, this is pretty funny.
0: Um, it's Yeah. (laughs) Just seeing, um, uh, is it? Yeah. Earlier this Uh week by having the French president and that, and he's like, he looks like he's in love (laughs) with the French president and it's, it's hilarious to see, but hopefully something good comes out of it. Yeah. Um, well we are, so we are, that's all we can hope for at least.
2: Well, I mean, we're getting new music though. So he said he's got a new album. Yeah.
0: He's producing a new Nas album, which uh, I think actually pretty good. <laughs> more people are excited about the the Nas album than his album. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, his album's gonna have seven songs on it. Mm-hmm. He's reducing for Nas. He's doing a collab album with Kid Cudi
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, under the name Kid Sea Ghost. He's doing uh, Pusha T's having an album late May. He has a new album coming out, and late June has an album for Tiana Taylor.
1: Yeah.
2: I I wouldn't I wouldn't mind another good music like
0: compilation like he did or they did Good Fridays where he just yeah. put out a song on his website people can listen to it
2: yeah was it Cruel Summer was the name of one of the of the album yeah that was the the, the compilation good music yeah compilation. like I wouldn't mind one of those like that had like it's just like they brought everybody in, <laughs> like just like you didn't have to be on the label like oh we got Jay Z we got Big Sean we got Pusha T we got you know that was yeah that was some good stuff let's let's get another one of those Kanye. Make that happen,
0: do you see um like I think he's trying to take the summer from Drake?
2: He would probably be well, that's the thing, so he's so polarizing, yeah, like you love him or you hate him, and are there enough people to love that love him <laughs> <laughs> to for him to take the summer, or is it just like you know any publicity is good publicity, and he just has all of this publicity and he goes out and he flaunts his wife and he talks about how much money he has and he releases an album and that's how he steals the summer i don't know <laughs> and but then you know as we've seen like drake drake might be the bulls like the 90s bulls right now it's like yeah we have got like our ace in the hole is jordan like that's you know can you get past that <laughs> is uh. he the magic
0: <laughs> Is Kanye mad? He might be. You see the magic? Is he... he? He's 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 magic. Magic in '91. Yeah, yeah. He may be able to drag a team to the finals, <laughs> but he's going up against Jordan. I <laughs> was <just> like, oh <laughs> man.
2: And then he gets to. Def- I'm going to stop
0: right there. <laughs> stop right there. Yeah, yeah. We're a family show. The analogy ends. Yeah, right there. We're a family <laughs> show. Uh, the Colts take uh, Quentin Nelson. That was the offensive guard I was mm-hmm. talking about. So Josh Allen. Still Did me. those tweets hurt him? <laughs> we'll find out soon. I like Bomani's comparison when
2: he was like Josh Allen, he compared himself to Josh Allen where he's like the way in which we address adults because these aren't the smartest adults we've ever been around. <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: the way, funny the way these teams quarterback situations are set up. Uh not seven, not eight, not nine, not ten, maybe eleven. And then twelve. So he Josh Allen may fall to eleven or twelve.
2: Who's at eleven or twelve?
0: Eleven is Miami. Even okay. though they have Ryan Tannehill, they still may take a quarterback. Didn't they have
2: Jay Cutler too?
0: He's retired again. He
2: retired again? Okay. Until or he's he, a free agent. Two decides least. to
0: come back. Yeah. Okay. And then Buffalo at twelve. They traded Tyrod. After they signed on that big contract. What well, was a contract they can get out of? Yeah, but like I
2: I don't know, I felt like that showed confidence in him and then he was doing well and it was an all in illusion. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't I mean, see him in Buffalo I don't think the fans would like him in Buffalo. He too he Josh too, Allen? He's too hoity toity for them. He can play. No, 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 not weather, Josh though. Allen. I'm thinking Josh Rosen. That's what oh, I'm thinking yeah, of Josh.
0: From, Rosen, he's fallen too. From
2: UCLA. He's, he's fallen too smart aleck. Josh Rosen's a smart aleck. That's yeah. Yeah, I I don't see him in a blue collar town like that. Don't see that working. He'll I'm still trying and... to wrap
0: my head around Baker Mayfield's the number one pick.
2: No, we'll just, you know, hey, let's watch some Browns games in the fall. We'll see what <laughs> happens.
0: Um so which which Kanye uh associated project you're most excited about?
2: I want to hear his.
0: I, I like Kanye. I know a lot of people don't.
2: I like Kanye. Nas will I I'm interested in hearing it. Everyone's like, oh once when people you know, Hunas gets a good producer. He's really good. And I'm sure that's true, but I just, like, I, and I, and I'm not going to be that get off my lawn guy, but I really want, I want classic era Kanye. Not saying the life of Pablo was bad. And I mean, I really did kind of go back yesterday and give it a chance, but like, I was listening to Power. I was listening to Runaway. Like, I, those are really good songs. Like, where, where's that Kanye? Let's get that Kanye back. Let's get flashing lights. Kanye back.
0: You missed the old Kanye.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I need that Kanye. <laughs> I don't know if we'll get him. Like Jesus was where he kind of lost me. I was like, I don't know what this is. And then life of Pablo seemed like he was kind of back, you know, but we'll, we'll see.
0: Um, okay. So, uh, we'll take a look at the charts here. Uh, Drake has broken a record. For the most weeks at number one on the Hot 100 this decade, uh, 32 week, 33 weeks, Jeez. surpassing Bruno Mars's record of 32. So let's take a look at the Hot 100 top 10 songs. Number one is Still Nice for What by Drake. Number two, excuse me, the Perpetual <laughs> Kentucky Recruit. Number two, he is also at number two, God's Plan. Number three, meant to be by B.B. Rexa and the Nickelback of country. I need to check that song out. Then I guess I don't know. Um, I feel like you can just go to Start ninety four. It's playing right probably, now. Probably,
2: yeah. Either that or um, I can't think of the other one. Q one hundred probably just plays all the hits.
0: Yeah, one of those top forty things. Yeah. Number three. Uh, oh, that was number three. Number four, Psycho by Sirius Malone, <laughs> featuring Ty Dolla Sign. And now the rest of the page won't load. Do you have it?
2: Yeah, I got five. The middle by Zed, uh, Maren Morris and Gray. Number six, Look Alive by Block Boy JB featuring the perpetual Kentucky recruit. I wonder where he'd be drafted. Um, let's see. Number seven, Perfect by the most influential artist in black music. I finally heard it for the first time. He basically remade. Um, what was the other song he had? We found love. We. Uh, um I can't think of the one, the one that sounds like the Marvin Gaye song. Oh, uh, thinking out loud. Thinking out loud. Yeah. That's basically what he
0: made. This is this year's wedding song. So just get ready. People, um, <laughs> weddings. If you're getting married and you're under the age of 25, yeah, it will not be played at my wedding. <laughs> no way. Will you play Eddie? Ed Sheeran?
2: Depends on the DJ. The oh, you're going DJ? No band? No band? No, we're not going to get a band. I don't know yeah. if we'll have yeah. a big enough place for yeah. a
0: band. Oh, I was going to say like it's not going to be a, a token white red you
2: saga reunion. Now, maybe I'm not going to put, put the pressure
0: on them to do that.
2: Maybe if they're watching, which they probably aren't, but if they're listening, which they're probably not, but I will talk to them. That's not a bad idea. See if we can get. I guess at, the t- at that point, he'll be Dr. Chris Jenkins up here to play drums. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I can't make surgery. Why? I got to play I drums play this in this sweaty. band I was <laughs> I was in in college. Uh, it's, it's a big deal. <laughs> um, number eight, we got "Freaky Friday" by Lil Dicky featuring Finna Be Mean. Um, we got "I Like It" by Love and Hip Hop legend Cardi B, um, Bad Bunny and J Balvin, Chun Li, because she's making Street Fighter references now, by Nicki Minaj. I've, I haven't heard this song yet, but I, um, everyone was quoting it on Twitter. For some reason and she was arguing about it. <clears throat> so I don't know. All right, Nikki. Yeah, um, she's trying to she's trying to reclaim that top spot from belle Calise. That's Cardi B.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Look, like I, was it the last episode where I said like there can, there can only, only be one. one hot female rapper at a time? They Highlander it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not I don't make the rules. I'm just saying that's what it seems like. It's the Immortals from Scotland. <laughs> uh, I got the uh, Billboard 200 here. The top ten albums: number one, Rearview Town, debuting at number one by Jason Aldean. Huh.
2: I, okay.
0: Good for him. Good for number him. two, Invasion of Privacy by Love and Hip Hop legend Cardi B, debuting at number three. Ember <sighs> by Breaking Benjamin.
2: What year is it?
0: <laughs> it's apparently 2004. Wow. Breaking Benjamin. Good for them. Holding steady at number four. The greatest showman soundtrack. Okay. did you, How many times did you play
2: This Is None. Me this week? None. I can't take credit for this one. <laughs> Someone get Hugh Jackman on the phone. <laughs> get Zach Efron on the phone.
0: <laughs> number five. The Tree of Forgiveness by John Prine. Who is that? I am not familiar with this artist. He has a guitar. He may be a blues or country artist. He is an American country folk singer.
2: Yeah, i uh never. He probably heard of him. has a
0: huge cult following.
2: He's seventy-one, so um, he's getting them out while he can. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's been around since the '70s, so his his debut album was in
0: 1971. So. All right, he debuts at number five. At number six, My Dear Melancholy, an EP by Mr. Pills and Models. <laughs> number seven, Question Mark by XXX Tentaccio, a.k.a. the Extension Chord. Number eight, Culture 2 by Our Friends from Gwinnett. Number nine, The Black Panther Soundtrack. And number 10, debuting at number 10, PTX presents Top Pop Volume 1 by Pentatonics. So they made an album of pop covers. And so it's not December yet. (laughs) (laughs) They needed something to do. (laughs) They they needed to. Yeah. Let's make, let's make an album, Uh, but not a Christmas album. They probably had to beg. Whatever record company they're signed with, can we make a non-Christmas album, please? <laughs> oh, I gotta see this. I gotta see this track listing. Okay. Yeah, who who is on the track list for Pentatonix? All
2: right, so the track one is "Attention" Charlie Puth cover. Mm-hmm. Finesse. Um, mm. Oh, oh, oh! They did a. They call it a medley, but I really bet it's a mashup. New rules crossed with "Are You That Somebody" by Aaliyah. Hmm. Havana, uh, okay. number five is uh, perfect. Uh, Number six, Stay, by Alicia Cara, featuring uh, Zed. Zed. Or Zed featuring, I don't know, whichever. I think it's Zed featuring Alicia Cara. Feel It Still by Portugal, period, the man. Um, Another medley, but they call it, a I think it's a mashup, Despacito, Cross With The Shape of You. Um, Issues by Julia Michaels. Uh, Praying by Kesha and Sorry Not Sorry, Demi Lovato. So these are all
0: songs made within the last two years.
2: Yeah. Therefore, they're not making any money. How
0: is this selling? Like, who's buying this? Just stream. This is something you stream. It's the same. It, the grandmothers who bought Now 65, <laughs> they're buying PTX Presents Top Pop Volume 1. It got a three out of five on, on all music, so I guess it's decent. I'm not saying they're not talented, but to sell an they're- acapella group in 2018 they're redundant they gotta go the YouTube musician route (laughs) to sell they did a classics
2: album with like Bohemian Rhapsody and Over the Rainbow and Take On Me and Jolene so they apparently they do things between Christmas I didn't know that I thought they were just a Christmas like seasonal you know
0: well I guess only the seasonal seasonal ones sold yeah Kind of so like a now, Toys R Us, you
2: know, but they're out of business now. Bad example. <laughs> <laughs> like a Christmas tree farm. Like, it's like, what do they do this parking lot when it's not a park when it's not a Christmas tree farm? Like It's a parking lot.
0: <laughs> Are that that you that also made me think of like the day before Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. You see the, the people have their little tent with all these yeah. baskets set up in front of the gas station. <laughs> well, so,
2: um, the last time, last Valentine's day, because I bought a last minute gift and I can say that with confidence because I know that my fiance doesn't really care. Um, I went to the mall to get her great American cookie because that's her favorite cookie, the sugar cookies. And like they have, you know, the, the store, the key or whatever they have that. And then across from that, they just have a dude with who works for great American cookie with the table. And he's just selling like heart shaped cookies that's their thing. Like that's their hustle. It's like, Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll just order a bunch of heart shaped cookies and people will buy them and they'll take them home. And he has this little square space thing that you, that you, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's what they're using. I'm like, this is totally just set up today. Like yeah. they don't do this normally. They're like, yeah,
0: let's just get some extra money guys. Let's do this. Yeah. Well, it had to be that day. Cause like they, they gotta be fresh cookies. Yeah. And fresh I didn't buy one. Cookies. I just like,
2: give me a dozen of the sugar, please. <laughs>
0: like <laughs> I will not buy your heart shaped cookie. Um update on the draft real quick uh the the oh the uh bills traded up
1: uh oh to number
0: 7 and took josh allen uh oh uh oh and at number 8 the bears took roquan smith out of uga
2: for y'all dogs fans out there
0: so now the bucks will pick at number 12 so that was and they probably got some other stuff but hey we got there's first trade of the night yep all right, so look at the artist 100, top 100 artist. Number one, he released an album. Therefore, he's number one. Jason Aldean. At least he wasn't Uncharted, though. But last yeah, week he was yeah, 28. 28. That means he released a song. So he, he stayed <laughs> irrelevant somehow. <laughs> a little bit longer. Um, number two, love and hip hop legend Cardi B. Number three, the perpetual Kentucky recruit. Number four, they released an album, Breaking Benjamin. Benjamin. They were unranked. <laughs> yeah, they were unranked last week. Number five, the retired, unretired 2K Legends. Number six, the most influential artists in black music. Number seven, Mr. Pills and Models. Number eight, Sirius Malone. Number nine, The Mighty Duckworth. And number 10, he was unranked last week, but <laughs> he released an album, John Preen. <laughs> I, I wonder if, so I'm seeing Metallica
2: at number 12. I wonder if uh, they sold more tickets and albums at the same time. <laughs> They and just hopped did. in like, yeah, let's get, it. they were from 64 to 12. They did something.
0: Yeah. Um, Cardi B clearly has more clout than Bruno Mars right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, to be expected. Yeah. So, uh, Pentatonics went from unranked to 25. So that's as far as doing acapella covers. will get you.
2: Mm-mm-mm. Just just pack it up now. <laughs> Back it up
0: now. <laughs> is there another? Is there another season of the singing bee, <laughs> or the sing off? Maybe they should, or what you, whatever that show was called. They should the do a uh,
2: see if they can do a residency in Vegas. I think that would suit them.
0: Yeah, I think that that's the next
2: thing for yeah. them. Yeah, because I mean, like, I, I can't imagine like, hey guys, um, who wants to go see Pentatonix this weekend at Phillips Arena, or like. <laughs> Like they're not selling Would they out fill arenas. Phillips Arena. I highly doubt that. Like, Would
0: they even sell out Tabernacle? Maybe. <laughs> if you know, it's just like. Would you know what? Not tab. I don't know if they'll sell out Tabernacle. They might. They definitely sell out Center Stage. Yeah, I could see that. I totally think they'll sell bad. out Center Stage.
2: So if you're listening Pentatonics, come play Center Stage. I might come out and support. We yeah. can put we'll put your tour together for you. Yeah, we'll 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 come out and live broadcast. You know, like. I'm like, I'm Greg, I'm Ben, and we're here at center stage for the Pentatonics. <laughs> if you can hear the humming, they're warming up. <laughs> All right.
0: <clears throat> yeah, that's too funny. <laughs> All right, so uh, last story here. Um, let's see where we're at time-wise. We're doing okay. Uh, Meek
2: Mill is out, man. Yeah, he's out of prison. Um, I think I read that the co-owner of the Philadelphia seventy went when picked him up
0: in a helicopter.
2: That's pretty dope. Like that's actually really cool. <clears throat> uh, it's like, oh man, like how are you leaving in a chopper? <laughs> like, I wonder if someone was like, get to the chopper just for fun, and he was like, nah,
0: man. Um, funny. and looking into more of the, uh, what led him to being in prison in the first place. A lot of people were like free McMill, free McMill. I'm like, well. I didn't know. So I was like, <laughs> what did he do first? Yeah. <laughs> and it was a parole violation. And, uh, but it was from a charge he got like nine years ago.
2: Yeah. So what was the original charge? That's what I didn't uh, It was
0: like a drug and gun possession.
2: Oh, so you ain't hurt nobody?
0: No, oh, okay. not really. No. Well, we know about the mandatory minimums in this country. So. Uh, apparently he was put on probation for five years and then, uh, and then he, he did eight months in prison and then he was put on probation and oh, then okay. he got in trouble. Uh, so instead of him going back to jail, they just added five more years of probation. So two incidents that led to this one was, um, a fight in an airport. He fighting in uh, it was somebody, <laughs> uh, apparently someone who tried to take a picture with him and oh. he didn't want to do that. <laughs> and it led to a fight. Oh, jeez. Uh, but the case was thrown out. Okay. The, the charges were dropped at least. And then while shooting a video in New York, he was riding a dirt bike and he was cited for speeding and for reckless driving on a dirt bike. Okay. The charges were dropped. <laughs> so we thought, Yeah. <laughs> but it was more like, um, the, the New York DA was like, okay, we're not going to pursue this. Mm-hmm. um, and a case was somehow moved back to Philadelphia, which mm-hmm. is where he's from. And the prosecutor there was like, well, we, we don't want to pursue this." <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, he was popping a wheelie, so Ooh. give me a ticket, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but the judge in that case was like, no, nah, no, nah, this is a violation of your probation. Mm. You go to jail. All right. Um, uh, but then because of like he was arrested by a corrupt cop apparently and I think we mentioned before about the judge wanted uh wanted him to do a song with a friend of her son or daughter who's a singer. What? As part of his uh, probation or community service or something. Mm-hmm. He declined. So that kept him in jail. (laughs) He wouldn't do a feature. (laughs) Somebody, I I don't know if it was a court reporter or somebody, sent slipped him a note, uh, wanting to wanting him to pay for uh, their sons or daughters' private school tuition or college tuition or something. What?
2: He's getting extorted for money. Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm -mm. But it took until. When was that Tuesday (laughs) for (laughs) For the be released?
2: That's interesting. Okay. Well, I didn't know that, you know, we were trying to uh, extort rap artists for features and money. And if they decline,
0: (laughs) that means you can keep them in jail.
2: What's this? He got game. (laughs) It's like, if you want to get out early, uh, I'm going to need you to feature on my daughter's song. (laughs) Like your daughter's an awful singer. And that's why I need you to feature on her song. <laughs> She's going to go anywhere.
0: It <laughs> so like, if, um, if people who've watched Atlanta, uh, there's been a few scenes with Paperboy where someone walks up to him and is like, put me on. Put me, like, trying to get, like, just trying to, like, get in there and they have not shown that they have any talent. Yeah. They just say, put me on. Like, I don't even know what you do. do yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can sing, rap. <clears throat> what? What? You... <laughs> He's like, yeah.
2: Like I do this new thing where you take a beat and you recite poetry over it to the rhythm. You mean rap? No, no, it's different. From <laughs> <laughs> it's different. <for> <laughs> no, that it's happened. There was a there was a guy I knew who used to record in Carrollton that said someone came in and did that to him. It's like, yeah, man, I got this new form of music, man. It's like where you take these beats and like you recite poetry rhythmically over the beats. And I say, like, oh like rap? It's like, no nah, man, it's completely different. It's like that's rap. <laughs> that's not new. Like, no, nah, man, this is no, nah, you don't let me do it for you. You don't get it. Like
0: <laughs> Oh man. Um, so uh I have nothing else to add about that. Well do you think too much has been made of it? Or, you know, do you think that um too much of him getting out or do you think that this is all it's just a feel good story, I guess?
2: Eh, I mean, it's it. he did, too. I mean, I get why they put him in there. You do two things, even though the charges are dropped. The judge is probably like, all right, like you got to But it's. I mean, it's it wasn't something I was looking for. Like, oh, man, marking my calendar. Meek Mills getting out like it, <laughs> I read it in passing and I was like, good for him. You know, hopefully he stays out of trouble.
0: I mean, that's that's as far as I went. Um, I think he'll just be going to Sixers games <laughs> for, the rest, uh, for the rest of his probation and some Eagles games, too. Uh, Philadelphia's had a pretty good year.
2: Yeah, they did. They did. Um, maybe he goes back to jail to make sure they have another good year. I don't know if he's that sub, if he's that stupid. I'm not going to lie. If I get arrested I on the night that you, you're the, asking
0: a lot right there.
2: If I were to get arrested the night that the Falcons won the Super Bowl, I'm getting arrested every night. The Falcons are in the Super Bowl. I will find a way to get arrested. I'll beat up a cop. I'm kidding. Because <laughs> I don't want to get killed. But yeah, I
0: will die before yeah. the first punch.
2: No, nah, I don't want to <laughs> do it. But, you know, I will, you know. Like I'd be the type of dude that like went to like a McDonald's like give me all your money when the cops get here like hey I'm I'm cool just arrest me I need the Falcons to win. I'm like you're the guy and then they take me in. That's how it goes in my head. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm not that guy. <laughs>
2: I'm the guy. It's like I'm the guy and like then there'll be a story on the AJC about me. I'll be a celebrity. I'll get to chill with like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and Arthur Blank and they'll be like you know, Arthur Blank, of course, is going to like, you know, he's going to bail me out. He'll, he'll give me the best. He'll give me the best defense that money can buy.
0: Okay. So uh, <laughs> I'm dreaming. Ben, let's get to your earworm of the week. So this is
2: this is more like a throwback, really. I've just been obsessed with this band for like the last week or so. Uh, the Beach Boys, I Get Around. Um I mean, I hate to say this, an oldie but a goodie. Um, really nice harmonies. Brian Wilson on the like on the really high parts. Um, I don't know. It's just really cool. Like it. Honestly, like before I really paid attention to it, I never listened to it past the "I Get Around" part, and I was like, "Wow!" Like it's an actual song. Like there's parts and stuff. There's like guitar parts, and I, that's, yeah. So yeah, that's my earworm. I've been listening to this a lot this week.
0: All right. So here's "I Get Around" by the Beach Boys, and we'll be right back
1: get around i get around yeah get, get around, around. around. has never been beat and we've never missed yet with the girls
0: Right, that is I Get Around by the Beach Boys if you see there if you're watching us on Facebook Live you see their single art right there oh yeah um I paid attention to the lyrics there and they're uh, so cheesy
2: yeah <laughs> you hit my car cause it's never been beat like it's like <laughs> going out and racing
0: cars
2: and finding girls and
0: he so said they haven't missed with any of the girls that we
2: meet, because mm-hmm. he gets around. Like that's basically his way of mm-hmm. saying, "Like my body count is high." <laughs> 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 that's what that that's the equivalent of I get around. Is like my body count is high. Get at me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, so um, we started the show with um, the Beatmasters mix of Route 66 by Depeche Mode. Which was, I I liked that version. It was in the documentary, yeah.
2: and I really liked it. And I thought it was them, but I wasn't sure. And that was a really good version.
0: Yeah. Um. So we are discussing the Depeche Mode documentary, one oh one. Yeah. Simply called one oh one. Um. Uh, it was an idea that we had right after recording our last yeah. episode. <laughs> Uh, cause I saw one documentary. This sneeze is coming. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, they've made a lot of them. I saw when I was yeah. reading up on them. Um, even as far as into like the two thousands, they were still making concert documentaries. Yeah. So I, I guess it's just a thing they like to do. I think this was their first one though. Right. 101? This was the first one about Depeche mode. Yeah. This was their Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, like I said in, in the text, I sent you, I was a little confused because it wasn't like it's not a traditional documentary as in like you know interviews and and you know it's being guided and stuff like that and narrated um it's really just like it just starts (laughs) you know like you get to see footage from a concert and then you know next thing you know they're rolling into the rolls bowl in a car um to do promo and to announce you know to all their fans and Nihao to Depeche Mode. Did he say like Ni Hao to Depeche Mode fans in China? And I was yeah. like, it's. I thought that was Japanese, but it might have been Japanese. I wasn't sure. Yeah, I think he said China, and I was like, I don't think that's right. But he doesn't know. He's just a musician. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So yeah. Like Greg said, we kind of thought about this after we got done recording, and I know one of the main reasons I wanted to watch it was to learn more about Depeche Mode because. Mm. I know absolutely nothing about them. They were just one of those bands that I just never got into outside of um, Dream On from Exciter. I didn't really yeah. know much about them. So, um, and from this, I didn't learn a lot more. Like, I got to see them in their natural state. But as I'm watching it, I'm reading up on them about, you know, and Martin Gore was really the person I read up on the most because um, he's I, the guy. He was the writer, yeah. From like Violator on, he wrote everything basically. He was the Pete oh, Townsend. Um,
0: or did he write for st- that? On I the think on, too? Um, yeah because after they had a well, their first hit was just can't get enough, mm-hmm. but that was um, the last single written by I forget his name. Their first keyboard player, right? Vin- Vincent something, yeah, I think. Um, Vince Clark. Vince Clark. Mm-hmm. He wrote that song. But that was the last single that he wrote going forward, probably up until, I know it was after Violator, but Martin Gore pretty much wrote everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and the process for them for doing those albums was he would write the songs and he would go into a programming studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, he might work with somebody like with a producer, but the songs once they got to the rest of the band, mm-hmm. they were pretty much done. Mm, so he literally was everything. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty mm-hmm. much done. Okay, Dave, here are the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, and so he's that's probably worth a
2: lot of money. <laughs> a, ooh. Okay. Oh yeah. He seemed like an interesting guy. He seemed like a very interesting person. Um They all seemed so. It was kind of like that. Like I don't know if they're interesting or British. Like I couldn't tell, like because British people are are interesting because you know they're, they're this isn't me trying to they're just different. Like they have different mannerisms, especially when you're looking at that period in time. Yeah. You know, so it's the late '80s. Um, they're you know they're the they've got the weird hair. Um, well, I mean, no one in Depeche Mode really had weird hair. He, I would say, Martin probably had the weirdest hair, and it the, really wasn't that, that weird. weird. Yeah, it was just <laughs> like. He had what Justin Timberlake had in his early days of NSYNC, yeah. essentially. Um, but like their fans <laughs> that they brought along had weird hair. Um, and
0: You would have thought they were fans of Flock of Seagulls. yeah. <laughs> the and they seem like they put a
2: lot of energy into making themselves look this way.
0: And I think that a part of it, I think part of that was as, as far as the, the documentary goes for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, it's it's two parallel things going on. One, Depeche Mode on their "Music for the Masses" tour. Mm-hmm. The other side, nope, <laughs> didn't, didn't nope, happen. Didn't happen yet. Didn't <laughs> happen yet. Um, the other <laughs> side was uh, the eight eight people won a contest to be in a Depeche Mode movie. And basically it was it was a documentary that's being made here and they would take a cross country trip from New York to LA by bus. Uh, and then they would, it would, uh, end with them going to see Depeche Mode play at the Rose Bowl. hmm. 60,000 uh, people. I think they said, it was yeah. That. Yeah. Said and it could fit a hundred thousand. Yeah. So even to <clears throat> <Yeah. laughs> man, that's still a big deal to me. Yeah.
2: And so I did not realize, you know, well, of course, I know they mentioned like at one part, you know, the the lack of support they get in like Nashville, which I was like, well, I mean, Nashville didn't seem like your city. But like out there when I saw that, I was like, I did not realize Depeche Mode was ever this big in any sense. I didn't realize. So now to look back and see, you know, just how big they were. I was like, all right, that makes sense. Why you would have eight people willing to go across
0: the country. Was interesting <laughs> to me? Is that like, like we were saying, um, violator is the one that like, mm-hmm. put them up there, uh, kind of put them more on the map, but music for the masses, that album kind of got them there because of the, the singles they had, uh, strange love mm-hmm. and never let me down again. Yeah. Um, those were the, and they're covered route 66. Yeah. Kind of what they were getting up there. Mm-hmm. I think violator put them over the top. Um, I had some notes. I don't know if you did. You take notes mm-hmm. from uh, what I from what I understood. I took notes. Uh, one of the first things I noticed. Was that I 20? Yeah, well, I think so. So I saw something that said, like, Macon and uh, Montgomery. Yeah, it was a, it was an exit to 285.
2: Yeah, so it was it's but probably... But the numbers threw me off. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was also the 80s, so things yeah. could have changed, but it looked like it could have been um, I-20. Yeah. yeah, it looked like it was 20 East. Yeah, and, like, you could exit, go south for um, Macon and Montgomery, because then you could go to 85 or 75. Split
0: It splits off from there. But I did look at their... The tour, their mm-hmm. tour dates from the Music for the Masters Tour. They played at Six Flags. Here? Yeah. Oh,
2: snap! I didn't that, know that! That was the
0: Atlanta stop. And it was th- I was thrown off because it said the Southern Star Amphitheater in Austell. That was, so was okay, like, yeah. What is that? So I clicked on the link. Oh, it's Six Flags. Yeah, they used to have a concert <laughs> hall
2: there. I think it was the Crystal Pistol at one point, too. I think... But yeah, there's a, yeah. Okay. I wonder how big that show
0: was. (laughs) So they, uh, they did play, they played in Atlanta. I wonder if there's anyone that we know that was there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, that, that had to be 2020 East coming from six flags. Um, I was looking at their opening acts, the, uh, for the Rose Bowl show. Mm Mm-hmm it was OMD orchestral maneuvers in the dark they had the song if you leave that was in pretty and pink okay and a band called wire which i was not familiar with uh i also think i don't know if it was on this tour or maybe a different leg of the tour thomas dolby tom isn't you brought to with mm, science yeah. was?
2: wow he opened for them okay
0: yeah um so yeah so <laughs> it was basically like that was their tour um they they had they toured over the period of 9 months mm-hmm. um it's called 101 because the Rose Bowl was their 101st show of the tour
2: so they were all over the place good lord like this was like just looking at the um <laughs> going from Europe you know then coming to North America then back to Europe and then to Asia then back to North America to finish it up in Pasadena yeah that's insane that that's. And so of course this raps the tour wraps June 18th, 1988 in Pasadena started in October 27th, 1987 in Madrid. Wow. Mm-hmm. 101 shows people. <laughs> and that was the final show. So yeah, they probably went all out for that one.
0: Um, you said on the, the parallel story was the, the people, the eight fans, I think, uh, won a contest on the radio to be in a Depeche mode movie. And they would travel to, from New York to LA by bus. Um, there was a club scene. There was a couple of people there at a club dancing to Depeche. Mode. I didn't know what was going on there. <laughs> it reminded me of the movie Adventureland. If you seen okay. that, so <laughs> where they went to a dance club and to me, I guess at the time dancing, playing Depeche mode at a dance club was pretty normal. Mm hmm. Uh, I guess I was watching it with my 2018 mind. I'm like, this is weird. Depending, mm-hmm. like, it, like looking at uh, them dancing to it and what the music actually was, like it was like it's pretty dark in some <laughs> places, but they're dancing to it anyway.
2: Yeah,
0: it's like that Pablo Francisco bit. He's like, <laughs> people dance to the techno, like they're not paying <laughs> attention to the lyrics. <laughs> kill myself, kill myself. <laughs> Slash by wrist slash for wrist. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, that's not all the Feshmo music, but you know, it's the music It's pretty dark. It's yeah. dark in, in nature. Um another note I wrote down the bus driver is awful. Okay, so when they're driving <laughs> to the neighborhood it's like dri- through the hood. They drive through yeah. the hood. He's <laughs> like, How am I get the bus through here? <laughs> Shrink the I was bus like, He's gonna hit I was like, he's gonna hit something and not care. <laughs> and just keep on going. Did not care. Yeah, I mean he kept getting lost. <laughs> I know there was no GPS, but dude, don't you have a map? Yeah. <laughs>
2: like he keeps getting lost. So that actually made me think too about bus drivers. I'm like, when do they rest? Cause it mm. seems like they just drive and drive and drive and drive, sleep during the concert, drive and drive and drive, and just like uh these people are probably jacked up on something. And that bus driver might have been jacked up on something. Cocaine. Okay. Yeah. That's probably the drug of choice back then. Yeah.
0: Um while you're talking about Martin Gore, he wrote everything. Uh Dave Gahana had to make the show. And it, it's it seemed like it was just him. Yeah,
2: it was him up front. He was almost and so the first time
0: I'm watching concert
2: footage, I'm like, wow, he's doing a lot of dancing around. But then when you pull back and you see it's like it is just him. And three other people up top playing who aren't, they're not down there. Yeah. They're just covered by keyboards <laughs> and they've got stuff behind them that apparently they hit that makes sounds. And it's just like, okay, so yeah, it is
0: just him. He had to make the show. Yeah. If, if he wasn't dancing, like it'd be a boring show. Um, I, I wrote he, that he had one dance move. He might have had like two maybe one and a half like it was like that that spin spin, spin.
2: and then like the spin something else like it was weird like okay it
0: was it was spin and then spin
2: with the mic stand yeah (laughs) like he loved that i'm like he's not he must be dizzy like he just he just he,
0: he could he could do that to every song yeah it just fit it just really fit in his flowy white shirt. Uh, <laughs> he would spin to about five songs. Martin comes out to do the song that he sings. Mm-hmm. And then back to Dave spinning. Because <laughs>
2: there there's one scene where he comes out with a guitar. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that breaks up a little bit. And then back to spinning. <laughs> and like he wouldn't spin. like He would sing. And then with mute, there's like an instrumental break, he just starts spinning. And I'm just like, I would throw up <laughs> if that were me. But it was crazy that the
0: crowd went. Nuts. nuts. Oh yeah. It went nuts for that. Yeah. Uh um, That's why I kept doing it probably. So <laughs> <laughs> um it was great to see that this is a a digital band basically. Mm-hmm. But not everything was digital. Mm-mm. They were to play their their opening theme when the show starts. Mm-hmm. That was played on a real to reel player. Oh uh, yes, yes. Um so I'm trying to think because to yeah, so where they had to and where they had to like program each song into the keyboards. So that and was they a They had cool, to know yeah. which like which uh, button to pre- which press button to get to the, press the sound, to sound get effect. To get to yeah th- like they're they're pressing the keys on the keyboard, but they got to know where they are mm-hmm. and they got to know. I don't know if they were able to name which song like <laughs> on the keyboard or yeah. were they just numbered and you got to know what number because the technology have, wasn't have, you know, that you know,
2: advanced back then.
0: He didn't have any notes. Yeah, like oh, you put in number forty-three, so to do that song. Mm-hmm. And he he's, playing like, he's sounds, playing like metal sounds, like
2: ding, 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 and it's and I was I I really like that scene because it was just it was like you know okay, so those sounds are not recorded. Yeah, <laughs> they're making them as they play the song, so there's no pressing your laptop. And letting it do the work for you. There's no David Ghetto.
0: Watch me press this, this button. button. Yeah. Bad. Like
2: he's actually, you know, and then the, so I'm trying to think, I didn't know what it was that he was hitting on the wall, but he was like, it's that an extra note. Pad. It was a synth pad. Okay. Synth pad. So I get, this is like an extra note. He just wouldn't hit it. And it makes even more sound. So it's just like, they have essentially like this wall of sound that is at their command. And I met, ma- it seemed like they just each covered, you know, different parts. Yeah. Um And I thought that was actually very cool to see. So there was that was one of the things I did like about this film, <clears throat> is that it did let you go kind of behind the scenes. And so the scene um where you're seeing the one woman program all the lights, yeah, like bring this up, take and this it down, like playing yeah. it
0: with the music, yeah, I feel like she was playing a keyboard herself. Yeah, it was
2: that was a really cool scene to see, and you don't you know necessarily see that all the time. And then to think, and of course you know thinking like, all right, damn, this is back in the '80s, like. <laughs> Things just were not as advanced back then. Like now you could probably like get a machine that programs that show. You just hit start and it does it back then. She's got to be aware. Fade up, fade down. You know, did she control the smoke too? I can't remember.
0: Um, I don't think she did. Okay. I don't think she did anything with that. And it was also, she has to know the song. Yeah. Very well. To, right where, to when to during bring During the show. Up. Yeah. It was like you're playing along with them. Yeah. It was, it was, a, that was really cool to me. Uh, another note I had, when well, we talked about this before we started recording the Graceland scene. <laughs> that was funny. Doesn't to me. know
2: what Graceland is. What's Graceland? It's Elvis's Elvis' house. <laughs> Who'd want to go see Elvis' house? That sounds boring.
0: Okay. I'd rather pay $12 to see Depeche World's house than Elvis's house. Because Depeche World live together. Like
2: they live in the house, the Depeche
0: house. <laughs> Uh, that was that was pretty funny, but like there are those kind of fans today yeah. to where whatever artist you like, they're the most important artist to you. They're more important than anyone who is maybe universally seen as important.
2: I felt that was the blonde guy in this movie. Um, I think he was blonde at the beginning. He dyed his hair a couple colors. Um, he's well, the, the guy one that with stands the, out. The to guy me.
0: with the big spiky hair. That guy. He's too. He's the one who said it. Yeah,
2: both of both of those guys stood out the most, and then. The female that um, the metal fans were hitting, I was like, "Yeah, she's good looking," and I'm like, "Oh no, this could go bad." <laughs> it was creepy because they very like creepy. kept going, yeah, <laughs> and it was a lot of them and one of her, mm-hmm. and you weren't sure if the guys were going to defend her if stuff went down. So, but yeah, the spiky haired guy and the blonde guy—they're the ones who stood out the most. The blonde guy looked like he was even from America; like he looked like he was German. <laughs> <laughs> Like he was just, he looked like he was drunk all the time and he was German. Yeah. And he might have been drunk all the time because there were some, there were some Bud Heavies on that bus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they were going in Bud Heavies and shots. Uh, was another Nick uh, note I had. Remember, he could win tickets on the radio. I don't know if they still, if that's still done because I don't listen to the radio. So the guy that that was called, called in to time. sing, I'll Sing
2: for Tickets. <laughs> Did he
0: get tickets? I don't him? remember. I don't, I do but he, yeah. he offered to
2: sing People Are People. And then I think in the next <laughs> clip they show them singing people are people. <laughs> and it was like Martin Gore's kind of listening like uh... <laughs> and he's like, You gotta sing something harder than that. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What are you trying to say about your singer? <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> uh, It's like, yeah, you got three of the words, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that was so that was a that was a pretty cool throwback because if, you know you have this big band, they're touring across the states. They're in the radio station. They have enough fans to where they would call in and sing their song to get tickets. And oh, we're giving away tickets on the radio, which
0: seems like an eighties nineties thing to do. And then after that, there was a little—I um, uh, wouldn't say montage—but there were a couple of scenes of them doing radio drops over the phone. Yeah, which was the radio funny. interviews <laughs> over the phone. Um, it was—it it was funny to see because it's like. Everyone else in the room has to be quiet. Yep, <laughs> uh, and it's it may not be something they're particularly interested in doing. At they didn't the time. seem like they were.
2: <laughs> so they didn't seem like the type of band that liked to do a lot of promo. So even from the beginning, um, where they were like, "All right, can you all say that we're, this is Depeche Mode? Or we're Depeche Mode." They're like, "No, no." Oh yeah, as yeah. far as like saying
0: something mm-hmm. other like, can we? They, they, they didn't want to do it. I, I think they <laughs> primarily I don't think they want to do that because this is cheesy. Yeah, they just didn't
2: seem like the type of band like they even seemed kind of weird, like the ride up where they're like, you know, showing them riding up in the convertible into the stadium. I'm like, they look uncomfortable, like not like they just, you know. And then I have to get up on the microphone, like, to all our fans out there. And I'm like, they seem like they don't want to do this either. Like, <laughs> they just don't like to do promo. As far as, like,
0: announcing the show. Yeah. Like, you have, um, I think it was, I don't know his last name. It was Wilder. Alex Wilder. Alex Wilder, yeah. Um, He and he makes the announcement. Yeah. Like, not the lead singer and not their primary songwriter. And at, for, at the time, I thought that was the lead singer because I didn't know who...
2: <laughs> the people in the band were and i'm like okay so that's not him because he also makes the the um he's also the one who makes the point like oh you gotta sing something harder than that so i'm like is he the spokesperson for the band is he the one that speaks up on their behalf you know because martin Gore is a creative quiet one and you know i what's their singer's name again dave gahan dave gahan is the is the shy artsy one i like i don't know like and alex is just like you know the read your contracts guy. <laughs> He's the business minded guy. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know much about them. I was reading up and learning about them as I'm watching this, as I'm watching this movie. So I can know who I'm looking at. Cause eventually you get sick of just being like the blonde guy, the redhead guy, the dark haired guy, you get sick of calling them that you want to know who they are.
0: So, um, the next thing I have was, uh, appeal in America is hard. It's Mm -hmm. hard to get, especially because they were talking like we're talking about when they were performing in Nashville to where they were worried that they weren't going to sell a lot of tickets. Mm -hmm. And they eventually got and eventually 2000 people came to their Nashville show Mm -hmm. and they were happy with that. Yeah. I Uh, wonder how many people came to the Atlanta show. (laughs) You know, probably I would
2: imagine less because I didn't know they played a lot of dates in the South. So, yeah, you know, I, I imagine if you played one date, maybe people will travel to go see you. But, yeah, like, I just, but, I mean, I'd have to wonder how popular their music would be in this region, you know, especially in the 80s, how popular would a band like this be when you've got 38 specials, you've got your Georgia satellites, like, we want to hear real rock and roll music, you
0: know. It was like Second Chance, Georgia, uh, 38 special. Yeah. Not <laughs> caught up in you. <laughs> this is exactly. some years into their career. Like, we want to hit, guys. We want to hit. <laughs>
2: So, I mean, I wasn't surprised. Just, you know, growing up here, I was like, I'm not surprised you're not big in Nashville. People are probably scared of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, a dude walks in. Like, what was the scene where um, the, the, the fans are... He's like, yeah, my father's in the Marines. And he let you walk out of the house like that? And they're touching his hair like they've never seen it before. Like, I'm sure people used to touch your hair. Yeah, he's like, he's bending down. They're like, oh, it's harder than I thought it would be. Like, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's just like they just seem like people. Those, yeah, those are American kids. Yeah. Um, uh, there were some seeds with uh, with the bus kids, who they're most commonly kind of referred to in some of the things I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, to where they did they seem like I couldn't get I couldn't get past seeing them as hipsters. Yes, they were eighties hipsters. They were so eighties hipsters. Uh, there, was, there was a conversation they had about art and what is art and yeah. beauty that was just really – it was weird to me. It was pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> like on one
2: side, you have a guy like, you know, who's trying to discuss art in and, and this deep meaning that it's not it's not like, you know – I'm trying to think. He's like, it's not what everything else is. And I'm just like, that's just what you ba- want d- it to basically be. Basically, <laughs> saying like
0: art is what you can actually see and, and yeah. feel, but a painting – isn't art, or that's the pretentious part? Yeah, it's like what about you know the dew on a rose and the I'm like? Oh God, this dude. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was really, it was yeah.
2: And so conversations like that, I wouldn't realize what was going on sometimes until it was midway through, and I'm like, what are they talking about? <laughs> like, what do you mean this? <sighs> okay, and and it was interesting, but it was just like it just it was. And so I see I see an article here, and I agree, it was like reality TV. Yeah, like the real uh, world. We're just following these people around.
0: <laughs> this and this was kind of the the uh, the beginning. Mm-hmm. And this, I, it may this may or may not have in, directly inspired MTV to do their reality shows like Real World and Road Rules. Because
2: mm-hmm. essentially, that's what this was: traveling across the country, getting drunk, doing stupid things. Like they walk out of the. Wasn't well, that's not, it's not stupid, but it was funny with the Lone Star beers. The Lone Star beers. They walked up the- <laughs> like a stack of Lone Star beers at some like middle of nowhere, like it looked like the most isolated gas station in the world. Yeah, and they're walking back to their truck or the, the bus with Lone Star beer. I'm like, good lord, are there no? Su-? But it's a bus. I'm like, is there no such thing as open container? But it's a bus, so I guess it doesn't matter. Because they're just getting, they're just going, just going. all the beer and shots and which is I see here they said like we never slept on the bus we stayed up however long we drove doing tequila shots it was just two cameramen trying to catch everybody's lives it wasn't directed like you need to be more like this but so and so is having trouble picking on that outfit let's go there which that was kind of funny watching them try to pick out clothing to wear make them seem even more pretentious. It's like, you're supposed to be hipster. You just throw whatever on. No, well, the guy with the, with the, with the checkered shorts and (laughs) it's just like, like, it's so
0: weird that I'm wearing this, but it, it matches the shoes. Yeah. Like Uh, that's,
2: it was like, it was like some, you know, some yuppies getting ready
0: to go out or something. Quick draft update. Uh, Josh Rosen went number 10 to the Cardinals. Okay. Hold on. Didn't they have, um, Sam Bradford,
2: I thought the the Cardinals. I thought they had Carson Palmer. He retired. Tired. Okay, and then Sam
0: Bradford went there.
2: Okay, yeah,
0: makes sense. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick went to the Dolphins at number eleven. Uh oh, roll tide. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's a defensive tackle last name Payne from Alabama. Okay, yeah, Artemis Payne. Okay, he went number thirteen to. I
2: feel like only because this has happened. Like, as the years have gone on, people have found out, like, Bama players are just, like, beat up when they get to the league. Like, they found out, I think it was Ruben Foster was, like, missing cartilage in his knee. Like, cause they're just, he works them into the ground. So it's just, like, I've seen, you know, watching with Kendra and her family, like, the Bama games. These guys are beat up. Like, Mika Fix Patrick, good luck, man. Like, he took some shots. Like, he was, like, he was a tough player. But, like, he re- he was, like, tackling people twice his size.
0: You gonna look at uh, Trent Richardson. Yeah. Just didn't work out. <laughs> it did I not work he out. he couldn't see. Yeah. The hole's over here. I'm going to go left. Yeah. <laughs> Where the people are. <laughs> so we'll
2: see if Mika Fitzpatrick. Granted, they hopefully they gave him, like, a good physical because, like, something's broken. Like, he's got something wrong with him because he was, like, their, he was their guy. I've seen him leave games. You're like, yeah, he ain't coming back. Ten minutes later, Fitzpatrick's back on back on the field. Like, I'm pretty sure he just died, but whatever. Can he play?
1: Can he play? Yeah.
0: Okay, back to the film. Um, well, we talked about the. Uh, when they were in the what you call an 80s guitar center.
2: (laughs) That's what it felt like. So I don't know if anyone listening has been to guitar center, but like the acoustic room has like the wood panel on the, on the wall and there's guitars hanging everywhere. And that's where they were. And like, so like when you, when they get there, I think um, the singers playing an acoustic and I was like, and this was before I really knew who they were. So I was like, Oh God, their guitar player is awful. (laughs) And then I looked, and then I saw Martin Gore pick up the guitar. I was like, okay, he's pretty good. And I looked it up. I was like, okay, he's the guitar player. That that makes sense. And So I think we both thought at this point, you know, I said, all right, so I think this inspired your own personal Jesus. And he was like, Violator in the making. This is probably who's, start,
0: this is the beginning of Violator.
2: If this was the Depeche Mode movie, this would be where they're like, I want to make an album. What are you going to call it? Violator. And that's the moment. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, I definitely think that, you know, because they were getting, they were, I think they left a music store that, like, kind of in that same shot, um, with the Johnny Cash album. Um, and I think, what, were they in Nashville at that point? Yeah. Okay, so, like, they're like, oh, you, you getting into country? You like country music? Like, oh, I'm getting into it. So that probably helped shape, you know, listening to some country music, maybe even listening to some rockabilly. I, I mean, hell, that's, that's a rockabilly riff on your own personal Jesus. It's got electronic, you know, elements in it, but like that main guitar riff is very rockabilly and it was a very cool riff.
0: let see, we may have lost the. Uh...
2: Um, the singer's playing an acoustic.
0: Okay. I was like, and this is before I really knew who they were. Sorry, yeah, the volume still up. <laughs> uh, oh, you thought we were, lost the. Yeah, I thought uh, it stopped recording, but we're good. We here? I get added that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Um, Back to okay, the beginning violator. Um, you know, we actually did lose it.
1: Oh, we did. Yeah,
0: boo! It sucks. Um, well, thanks for people who watched anyway <laughs> on Facebook Live. Um, Dave Gahan casually talking about beating up a cab driver. I think I, I might have missed that part. Hold on, he did what? He was being like, I think it might've been during while they were being, um, during like the random interview scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, was it the
2: one where he's in a wife beater in underwear?
0: No. Okay. Not, it was before that, I think a little okay. before that where they, uh, somebody asked him, so when was the last time uh, you guys were in a fist fight? He's asking the band if the last time <laughs> they were in a fist fight. And, um, I was like, well, we don't really fight each other, but, um, you know, I did get in a fight with with a cab driver. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was fighting this cab driver. Okay. Now I do think I remember that. <laughs> like scene. He was driving 90 miles an hour and driving. Crazy yeah, Screeching. And, okay. Yeah. yeah.
2: That's what we was talking about. Okay. Good Lord. It seems so casual. It really did. I didn't know he was talking about fighting someone. Yeah. They're a weird. Well, like I said, I didn't know if they were just, if they were just quirky or if they were just British, because sometimes British people can be quirky yeah. and sometimes they just seem
0: quirky. Um, Not a lot of color as far as uh, the band mostly, well, partly that. Yeah. yeah. But what people wore. Oh, yeah. A lot of black. A lot of black. Or white. Uh, Dave wearing all white. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone else wearing a lot of black. Black. Well, Martin Gore did wear those suspenders. Yeah. (laughs)
2: With the gold on them or whatever, but... Yeah, that's about as colorful as they got.
0: Yeah. Uh, even the the bus kids, um, a lot of black. Yeah. Except their hair. They did dye their hair uh, like yeah. uh, weird colors.
2: Um, the blonde kid dyed his, I think, like some light pink or something. And But he washed
0: it out almost immediately. Uh, one girl had red hair. <laughs> yeah. And the guy with the big hair was like blue. Mm-hmm. Blue and blonde. Something like that.
2: See, those were the three most, they're the three most memorable characters. Like everyone else, like take it or leave it. Yeah. Like those three. I'm like, I want to know what happened to the blonde guy. I really want to know.
0: Maybe we should know uh, about like what those bus rides were actually like to where, as far as music they played, did they just play Depeche Mode on the bus? That would get old. Yeah. (laughs) That would get so old. they, they, They did have some scenes where they were with the concert footage but it was them dancing to the same song while riding on the bus
2: yeah I would be like hey guys can we play some Morrissey?" bless you there it is mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you you think and like eventually someone like hey play some Smiths or like play some <laughs> play some Cure
0: play some New Order <laughs> yeah like they
2: you know insert band that sounds like the band that we already like because we don't like Guns and Posers yeah that scene bothered me I didn't like that scene at all.
0: <laughs> it was like, yeah, was like, mhm, you did say it once they walked away. Yeah. You went <laughs> say said to their face. Like
2: it's just like, look at them. Like it's like they were looking like at them with pity. <laughs> like, look at them metal heads.
0: Ugh. Well, God. I think they were also saying that they didn't um the that those metal heads didn't really like Guns N' Roses, but mm-hmm. they're going to see them in concert anyway. <laughs>
2: I would have loved to have seen Gun and Roses back then, um I don't yeah. know, it's just weird to me, in but yeah he waited they waited till they left, though, yeah, to call them guns and posers it,
0: yeah, they did it's like guns and posers. <laughs> what would you say nothing <laughs> oh uh, I think this was uh, this was part of the scene where they're uh they're getting dressed because I think they got to see them twice, once it was in Albuquerque mm-hmm. and then the Rose Bowl show, but they were getting dressed for one of the shows, and they were someone was talking about that um. They don't like to wear anything trendy. And I was like, yeah, y'all aren't trendy yet. yet. <laughs> Give it some time. You're gonna be trendy in about six months.
2: <laughs> That's why they're hipsters.
0: They they did it before it was cool. <laughs> and they'll let you know. Um one thing that I did think about, like uh going on this trip for them mm-hmm. to see. One of their favorite bands, if not their favorite band at the time, Mm -hmm. traveling by bus Mm -hmm. with these strangers, even though there was a husband and wife or they were engaged or something. Mm -hmm. That's an experience I would never forget. No, likewise. And it seemed like they were they were
2: having a good time. mm -hmm. I wondered also what they did to be away from work that long. Yeah. So because <laughs> like you said like they? it's over eight days, I was like, I thought this was over months. <laughs> like I was like, mate, at most 10 days. <laughs> like I thought but. this was like the entire like tour, like they're with them for like, I thought they were with them for a few months. I'm like, man, like they got, and it was
0: during the summer. I think they were all between the ages of 18 and 24 so kids. Basically. Yeah. They didn't have
2: anything to do. Then no responsibilities. <laughs>
0: um, Okay. We'll talk about the, the cat calling was creepy. Yeah. Cause it just seemed to keep going. <laughs> um, hold on just a second. Southern
2: star amphitheater. <laughs> oh man.
0: Um, let's see what else we got here. uh, The bus driver is still terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We talked about Dave may have one, one and a half dance moves. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, even though this was a landmark concert for them, uh, no full version of the Rose Bowl concert exists. Just the snippets. Just the snippets. There was a re-release of the DVD. And there were there was more concert clips,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, some more unreleased footage, but there's no like full version. So some of those I will say.
2: So the final what I feel like what the final 20 minutes was just a concert, basically, um, was just the concert. But there's one scene that I think really kind of defined that moment. And it was the scene. And, you know, as as we were saying, it was just basically him. <laughs> and then up above him a bunch of people playing keyboards but like you see this wide shot of him and the crowd and I was like okay yeah that's a big moment that's got to be a really cool feeling um to be up there spinning (laughs) as like all these people are just screaming for you cheering for you that's a really cool scene and it was like that's yeah it was like it was all worth it to get to Pasadena to play that show
0: Oh, the each other we were live. Yeah. All right. Cool. So, we are back. A dinosaur story. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're back. Um, let's see where where we were still at. Uh, so yeah, um, no full version of the Rose Bowl concert exists, but they a you know, DVD with more and more footage. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone will piece it together, but there's no whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the financial side of the tour, I feel it was kind of thrown in. It mm-hmm. made sense, but I feel it was like, kind of just like jammed in there.
2: At the yeah. last Yeah. That's well, I, I was, I was going to say like a lot of things in that second half of the, like after the first hour and maybe it was a little long, but a lot of the things in the second, like it was, it did kind of feel like it was thrown in there. Um, The rehearsal part where they're like, you know, where they're complaining about the sound check. Yeah. it It, it kind of did. Um, I mean, the second half honestly could have been, and this is, I guess, if they shortened it, just show the concert like that could have been the second half right there. Yeah, just show more of the concert. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of my thought there. Like the second half of it was, I don't want to say forgettable,
0: but it was kind of forgettable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because it and it was weird that they show the financial side like, okay, well they have to pay for the residing of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's understandable. Um, how yeah, much did I, they make from that?
2: From the, do we know how much they made from the show? Cause I saw them selling t-shirts, selling merch, stuff like that.
0: So I'm I don't know, but they, they, uh, they had to have made it a good bit. You know, if 60,000 people were there, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what the average would be as far as merchandise goes. But you are factoring in five thousand dollars for the field, mm-hmm. um, maybe a couple other things. Um. The band itself might have made like twenty five k each.
2: Mm-hmm. It's not too bad for a night's work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Um. So yeah, that's uh. uh and then they went home.
2: Yeah started working on, well, not immediately, but yeah. They got, the next, they got the next album out, what, 1990? Yeah. So, two
0: years later. Uh What was interesting is that for, like I said, that with Martin Gore writing everything, mm-hmm. he would go into a studio, he would program everything, and the songs would be pretty much done, mm-hmm. ready for vocals. And there wasn't much room to make any changes. Mm-hmm. With Violator, his songs weren't so much done mm-hmm. they weren't like 90% done <laughs> uh to so the band would have a little more input and would be able to be more creative mm-hmm. as, as far as putting the songs together
2: mm-hmm.
0: so um i think it took pressure off of him a little bit yeah uh so he to see, do everything
2: he seemed like the shy one throughout the movie yeah um like the others didn't like to do press. He really didn't like to do press. He just seemed like he didn't like, you know, during the radio drops or during like, you know, any, he just didn't, he wasn't about it. And usually you do find that with the more creative types. They're not like, "Mm, I'm good. I don't need that. Mm -mm." And he had that written all over him. So once I found out that he was, you know, he did write everything that made sense. Um, and I think what's really interesting about you know just this movie in general, um, and this is you know I take this again from the article here. Soon enough, both Depeche Mode and Teen start talking to the camera like it's a free, a friend, uh, pre reality show confessional booth. Like you, yeah, they they would just share things yeah. <laughs> with the camera, and so you kind of start to learn a little bit more about them. And I wouldn't mind seeing that. And granted, now you know you know nineteen eighty eight versus. 2018. if it's done now, it might be forced, you know, because we've, we've got the blueprint now back then it felt a little more real because it hadn't really been done like this before. Um, which is, I think where, you know, why this could be a little, cause it's not, it wasn't made with someone. It wasn't made with the genre in mind. I think it was just like, Hey, let's chronicle this.
0: And it wasn't a lot of like, um, like side interviews. Yeah. It wasn't narration.
2: Yeah. So there was no direction given. It was just like, it starts, you
0: follow along. And the filmmakers said while they were editing it, they would find something new that they filmed, Mm -hmm. put it in. And then it changed the, changed the whole documentary. Mm -hmm. It said it changed every three days. (laughs) And so
2: I don't know if, I don't even know if anyone could make a documentary like this right now. That's this fluid. Cause that's yeah. the other thing about it. Like it's really fluid. Like it's it, like, it, like, cause like I said, like since I didn't know much about the band, I I couldn't tell people apart. Like, so at one point I could not tell the fans apart from the band. And so I, and I thought they were together, which wasn't true. Um, and so as I'm watching it, it's just like, it was just, it was such a fluid experience for me where I'm just like, I didn't know at, at certain points what was really happening. I just know that all right, it looks like they're following them on tour. That's kind of cool, um, and then you would see these you know you'd see the clips of the concert from the Rose Bowl or you'd see you know then you'd have a stop and like you, they'd interview somebody who worked backstage the this is not a state a backstage pass, which I was like <laughs> what they chanting this <laughs> like you have scenes like that it, it was those were like kind of thrown in there, which I wonder if those are the scenes like, oh, we just found this, this is cool, let's just throw it in there um. So it was, it was a, it was a, it was difficult to watch at times, but like when you got those intimate moments, like it was really cool and you got a lot of them from the blonde guy whose name I wish I knew.
0: Uh, what's funny to me is that, um, and I, and I read this with the fans waving their arms during never let me down again. Yeah. That was the first time that it happened was the Rose bowl concert. Oh, really? And that's been a tradition ever since. I think I read that too. Actually, that's kind of cool too. Uh, Dave Gahan uh, just said when we were playing the Rose Bowl, he didn't know how he came up with the idea, but he just started doing it, and then the crowd just started doing it back. His, his <laughs> dance said so that was
2: the turn mixed with something else. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> that was the half. That was the other uh, dance. dance <laughs>
0: um, and uh, also another note I found here the designer of the stage for the show also designed the stage for the Woodstock festival, oh, that's the cool. original Woodstock. So that was pretty cool. Um, what I'm trying to pull up here are the, are some reviews on IMDB. It has a rating of 8.2 out of 10. Yeah. They think highly of it. Um, so you can find some reviews here. um, uh, some short ones. I know some <laughs> people like to be
2: in the, um, so here I see someone kind of caught on to what you're thinking says from the one-on-one era on everything changed for mode, which I don't want you just put Depeche mode, but whatever that tour and that film was so some important. People call the mode. Yeah. The Ex- mode,
0: <laughs> especially
2: for the perception of the band. Gore said in 2003, we'd always been on the brink, especially in America. But that 1988 tour was the first time the band really took off. Modes' voracious live following cemented their legacy, helping their music climb the Billboard charts. Upon the release of Modes' "Music for the Masses," follow-up Violator in 1990, something else marked the dawn of the '90s: the debut of MTV's "The Real World" in 1992, which I really do think like it probably was inspired, because Depeche Mode was like an M I They I, they liked MTV, right? Or MTV liked Depeche Mode.
0: Yeah, they probably were like, yeah, let's do what Depeche Mode did. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and so uh, 10 out of 10, the original real world. <laughs> That's the name of their comment. Uh, this is a great documentary of a band, of the band in their prime. This is probably where the creators of the real world got there for the show. They take some major fans and allow the access of a tour bus and a ton of concerts, and they film the whole thing along with the rigors of touring as Depeche Mode is a must-see for any fan or anyone else interested in seeing a great behind-the-scenes take on a band at the height of their career. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't really the height yet, no, I don't think. No, it was think. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let us see what someone else said. Uh, amazing, a must-see for D-Mode fans. Oh, So so that's code D-Mode. Um, I think it's a great documentary. It gives a great look behind the scenes of Depeche mode at one of the greatest points in their career. It is unique how they show fans of D mode in the first type of road rules atmosphere. Seeing Depeche mode live is a wonderful experience and one-on-one really captures that and so much more. Um, and there are some people watching it with their two thousands mind saying Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a good documentary of a time of their time. Um, it doesn't hold up. Well, the thing is with documentaries, you're capturing a moment, a moment. And yeah, that's what they're about, <laughs> you know? So I don't, um, okay. This guy went on and on. I gave it a four, but he, yeah, I did like see some paragraphs. like
2: long reviews. Like there's some really passionate deep mode fans out there.
0: Uh, like I said, it holds up very well. Even if the hairdos don't, Hair dudes definitely don't. <laughs> they do not. No. Um Although,
2: like we said yeah. though, no one in the Pesh mode really had weird hairstyles. It was their fans. Yeah. Their fans, the fans had
0: the the weird double I, mohawk. <laughs> you are clearly also a fan of the cure mm-hmm. and flock of seagulls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who did have weird hair. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay, someone was mad at the filmmaker by giving it a one, saying it's a waste of time. Yikes. Um. so what would you give the documentary
2: I would give it so I imagine what they were probably setting out to do was to capture the inti- well, I don't want to say the intimacy but like, like I think they were trying to capture something real so I mean for that I'd give it a 7 out of 10 mainly just because and I'm trying to look at it not in 2018 eyes where our documentaries that we make now are so structured. That's what we're used to. Like that's, that's absolutely what we're used to. We're used to being told where to look. And I think about when I had a class with Alan Young, who was the theater professor at West Georgia, he's still there. He's still he might be watching
0: this. Hey, oh, Alan. what's up?
2: <laughs> he talked about like, when you watch movies, um, you know, especially modern movies, they direct you where to look versus a stage play. You, you know, You just know you have to know where to look. And I think we've become so accustomed now with movies and documentaries. And this is where people get like with their, you know, like every documentary has an angle. They tell you where to look. Basically, they tell you what to think, where to look, um, and they direct you there. And with this, there was no direction. So for me, it drove me crazy just because I'm looking at it as having watched, you know, what we reviewed the Chicago um, documentary the offend to be mean documentary. like all of those documentaries clearly told you where to look. Chris Brown's not a bad guy. Look over here. Chicago should be in the rock and roll hall of fame. Look over here. You know, one hundred and one is just, um, some dudes want a contest. Some, like some kids want a contest. They're going to meet us in California. Um, and we're going to play a few shows, um, while all that's going on. So we'll see you in California. You make up your mind about everything else. And I think that's probably why someone gave it a four. Cause they're like, why didn't you tell me what to think? Think what you want to think. <laughs> you tell me where to look. <laughs> yeah, you think. Where's wh- the narration? Exactly. And I'm not gonna lie. Like it took a while for me to get used to it, but once I got my bearings, I was like, okay, I get it now. I get what's going on. This is this is purely, just have a look and see what we do. We're not trying to sell you anything. <laughs> We're not trying to you know influence you to do anything. We just want you to see Depeche Mode and their
0: fans. Yeah. Um, I like that it was, it was, it was straightforward Mm -hmm. and um, they didn't try to do too much. No. Uh, The only way I think I wish they could have done, like if you were, if you, this is, this is a big deal to play the Rose bowl. Mm -hmm. And if someone said the last Rose bowl concert was like Stevie wonder and Jackson Brown and somebody else, (laughs) Uh, this is a big deal for this kind of band. Mm hmm. There, it's hard for them to get support to be played on the radio, mm-hmm. uh, but they do have the fan support. Yeah. And they've been playing these, you know, smaller venues here and there. Okay, we're going to play the Rose Bowl. This is a big deal. And we're going to show up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And they felt and believed that people were going to show up. They did show up. I just wish there was a full concert of it because yeah. this is. This is a big deal for this kind of band. They're not. They they are. Their fans treat them like rock stars, mm-hmm. but they're not traditional rock stars. Mm-mm. There's no well, there is a guitar, mm-hmm. but there are no drums. Mm-hmm. There's no bass player. <laughs> There's no bass player. Yeah, it's three keyboards, mm-hmm. uh, or or maybe six, depending on. I know in the eighties it seemed like the keyboard player was playing two at a time yeah. all the time. But the thing is this is an electronic band mm-hmm. and one guy is the show as far as what you're seeing visually. Yeah. He's carrying the whole show. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. That's kind of, that. that's really hard mm-hmm. to do. do. Yeah. <laughs> and for 60,000 people, if it feels just a stadium that had 60,000 people and, you know, they sold it out, but you know, the Rose bowl and iconic stadium um, to this kind of band to do that kind of show. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. That's an incredible achievement to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, there, there should have been, a, someone should have filmed the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> someone like, you have this camera. Okay. You focus on filming the show. We're going to do the rest of this stuff. Mm-hmm.
2: But
0: that's the only, that's the only knock I have about it is that there's not a full concert. There is a full live album. Yeah, uh, that went with it. But I feel like if you're if you're trying to market it as a documentary and a live album, and you know boosting the profile of this band, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you gotta have both. I, you could you could have had both, but um, so I give I give it a a nine. Okay. Yeah, um, because I I just like how it's put together, and it was like I said, it was straightforward. It was simple. This is the band on tour Mm -hmm. what they're going through. They want to do this big show. And these are some fans that love them and are willing to travel by bus across the country to see the most uncomfortable way possible. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, and, and it wasn't even, there wasn't a focus on the, the fans love of the band. Mm -hmm, Like they, they love the band. But it was just about them being fans and being young and having a good time. And Mm -hmm. we're going to see our favorite band and uh, we're going to travel there and we're going to have some beers and we're going to throw up, but we're going to have a good time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And um, that's definitely something that uh, uh, I liked about the film, that it wasn't, they weren't trying to do too much. Mm
2: -mm. Yeah, it it was very straightforward. No telling you where to look. They're just, you know, it was more so like, And like they even said in this article, like they didn't tell them what to do. They're just like, hey, they're doing something interesting. Let's go film it. That's all it was. Yeah. And Uh, I think if they did it now, it would there would be more direction. They would try to control the story and try to manipulate it. Whereas back then, I don't think they really had. They didn't have the inkling to because reality TV wasn't what it was now. Where now they like, let's put these people, actually, they did a really good rip from the headlines episode on Law and Order about that, where like, you know, they they, they don't doctor it, but they make sure they somehow put people in certain situations to experience certain things. I don't think they were doing that here. They're just
0: living life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One last note that I had. I'm not so sure the band likes playing Just Can't Get Enough. I could see that. I just, I like it was there, uh, nothing really like indicated that in the film. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they probably don't like playing that song too much.
2: <laughs> well, every band has that song, and maybe that was the, I'm trying to think which song that was. Um,
0: how's it go? It was like kind of their, their, I feel like it was their, like their encore. Mm-hmm. Like they came out, like, okay, yeah. Yeah, I don't dun, think they, yeah. Dun. Cause it's like, it's like their happiest sounding song. <laughs> Um, I know you mentioned like exciter. I, I bought that CD oh, when Oh, you it did. Came out. Yeah. I like I, dream, that dream on is, is my favorite song by then.
2: Yeah. I love that song. It was also an alias, a really good yeah. scene in alias. Um, anything else you want to add about the documentary? Um, other than it may be a Martin Gore fan. No, I mean, like it really made me like, I really, he, he is, he's a low key genius. Yeah. He uses those hollow body guitars and he wasn't that big and they were, <laughs> so it just looked really funny. <laughs> Um and then he just looks like he wore the like the bowler fedora hat or whatever. So he looked like like that's still a cool look. Like there's yeah. still people you could still walk into a coffee shop or a bar and see a guitar player dressed like Martin Gore was dressed in the late 80s. That's cool. So yeah, I became a Martin Gore fan after this.
0: So guys, check out uh Depeche Mode um "Hours Before Violator." This was for music for the masses, so it's going to include music for the masses and songs before that.
2: So no uh, Enjoy the Silence, no Personal Jesus.
0: Not yet. Not yet. This was Strange Love.
2: Although I wonder, Mm -hmm. because you'll hear about a lot of bands who will, they'll go when they're on tour, they'll play shows. They'll play new songs that are going to go on the next album to test them. Like I know Dave Matthews is very famous for this. And it'll be like the first time it was played was like six years before the album even came out. <laughs> They've been playing it for six years. All right. All right, let's. It, people like it now. We've tweaked it enough. Like the first version of the song will have completely different lyrics and different arrangement. And by the time it's ready for the record, it's like you, we like the first one.
0: <laughs> I don't know what this is. Um. So yeah, that'll do it for our discussion on Depeche Mode 101. It's actually just or or maybe just be 101. called one oh one the live album is called one o one at least uh from nineteen eighty nine um so we'll get to my earworm of the week uh so th- I've been listening to like my i uh, had daily mix and it was uh on Spotify of uh pop, mm. so I went back and updated my new jack swing playlist <laughs> and um our podcast cousin uh made a post about uh Chucky Booker. Chick-fil- oh snap oh snap. <laughs> oh snap. Um and I think my mom still has the CD, like his his debut CD, simply titled Chucky. Yeah. Oh I love me some Chucky Booker. <laughs> so this is from his um debut album, Chucky. And it's a song called turned away. Oh, I love this song. And, uh, we're going to play that and we'll be right back. away by chucky e. booker that's the album version it's almost six minutes long yeah it's got a guitar soul and everything
2: yeah. <laughs> oh man it's awesome so did you get the, did you li- oh the company of thieves are coming t- okay i'm sorry i'm on the eddie's attic website too as we're on their okay. facebook page and someone i wanted to see is playing tonight and then i just noticed that the company of thieves is going to be there may 15th and i gotta start i gotta start going to shows man i gotta But um, did you check out the mashup I put of that and uh, Spread My Wings? Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's on the same um, page that had the um, remix version of It's Like That by Mariah Carey, where he basically took that track and made it sound like, which is funny because he he takes newer artists and gives them a New Jack Swing sound. But she was an artist who was actually around during the New Jack Swing era. <laughs> so he took It's Like That, which is from the Emancipation of Mimi, and gave it like an early nineties R and B feel. And you're like, This sounds like it could have been on Music Box or Mariah, like any of those early albums. It sounds like it could have been on there. And that's really awesome. And honestly, you know, thanks to our podcast cousin, who I feel like we keep mentioning on here, mm-hmm. um, he did a, a new Jack swing version of Zed and Alicia Cara's stay. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I've heard that. And I listened to that fairly frequently. And so that made me start looking for more <laughs> new Jack swing versions of songs. I'm like, this needs to become a thing. Yeah. Like it, it's gotta people. If
0: we can eighties up music, we can new Jack swing music. Oh yeah. yeah. Most certainly. Um, well that will bring us to the end of our program. Um, uh, so Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? Yes, yes. So if
2: you're watching us on Facebook, which this is the part two one, uh we had technical difficulties on the first one, but we back. Uh you have found our Facebook page. Um thanks for watching. We appreciate it. Uh you can find us at Facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um we also have a website. It is by the time you hear this dot com. Um you can check both of those out. Um you can find our archive videos on the Facebook page. I don't think they delete anything, like the servers at Facebook must be massive. Um because it's all still there like back from when we first started doing this, and these yeah. are not short videos. Mm-hmm. So, you know, power to Facebook. Um if you want to find us on Instagram, you can hit us up at by the time you hear this, spelled with the letter U. So the Facebook page and the website are spelled with the word U, Y L U. The Instagram page, as well as our email address at gmail.com is spelled with the letter U. And that is because
0: we're upstanding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We're understanding. Yes. And not Mm -hmm. under investigation.
2: No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to listen to us on the go, which um, I know I listen a lot. Do you you still listen to a lot of podcasts on the go?
0: Yeah. Okay, cool.
2: What's your favorite right now?
0: Um, I'm getting into... Uh I I'm, I'm listening to Jalen Jacoby. Okay. I'm listening to Maybe I'm Crazy with uh Joy Taylor. Okay. Um Jason Taylor's uh His sister? younger sister. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She hosts Undisputed. Yeah, she used to yeah. fill in with Colin sometimes too. And what else have I been listening to? Um I guess I go back and listen to the ones that that uh that I <laughs> that I produced. <laughs> uh Sports Around Table. Uh um, SRT. And uh and the three point conversion. Okay. Um they are also on I have an iPhone so they're on iTunes, but I, those are the ones I've been listening to. And I've been turned on to listening to uh Now What with Arian Foster. Okay. The okay. former NFL running back. i us see what I, what do I listen to.
2: So I know like one I try not to miss each day is uh the daily, um, the New York Times uh podcast. Up ne- Up First. Um so I'm not gonna lie, and this is kind of messed up but it is what it is Um, uh, when trump became president i really started listening to more politics podcasts so like mm. npr politics podcasts i listen to that every week the bill simmons podcast um and then i listen to a lot of conspiracy stuff that i'm not going to go into because i'll make myself sound really weird um <laughs> <laughs> and then like larry wilmore black on the air um, Economics radio um i'll check out the rogue metal rogue reviews metal podcast every now and then that's um I guess we call a friend of the show who was on before, Patrick Delaney. Yes. That's his podcast. If you're in the metal, it's a good podcast. Um, but yeah, that's some of the stuff I listen to. And of course, The Right Time with Bomani Jones cuz he's back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's finally back. <laughs> <laughs> so I listen to him, but um yeah, oh yeah, there's another one too. And this is interesting if you just want to know how far can our president go, it's called Can He Do That. <laughs> I'm not joking. it's from The Washington Post, and it is literally a podcast that just talked about things that he's trying to do, the background of it, and can he can actually he do, do it? It's a really good podcast. I think I heard about it on well, is it
0: more like is it legal or can he pull this off? a little bit of both okay
2: more more <laughs> so leaning on the side of is it legal so like the most recent one was about when he he wants to add a question to the census, and they talk about like apparently when you add a question to the census, it goes through like so much testing. It's <laughs> not just a, Hey, let's add this question. Like it goes through years. Cause they do it every 10 years. So it goes through years of focus groups, writing, rewriting just for one question. <laughs> so they're like, can he just throw a question on there without this? You know, all these years of focus groups and review. So it's pretty interesting. It's well done. It's from the Washington post. I want to think I heard about it on the NPR politics podcast, but I could be wrong, but um, a lot of these things just, you know, stay woke. Like, listen to these things. They'll, they'll, they talk about it, you know, and I find, I find them to be interesting, but that's what I've been listening to lately. Okay. So, if you want to hear us though, you can find us on iTunes, um, the, um, Apple Podcast, the little purple icon thing with the antenna and the waves coming out from it <laughs> for a description of the icon. If you have an Android, you can listen to us on the Google Music app. So, that's, of course, that is the triangle. The orange triangle. Just click on that. Search for us. You can find us. You can also listen to us on uh, TuneIn Radio, Auto Radio, Overcast, Satchel Podcast Player, which is really cool because you can find podcasts produced in your area. Um, and you can also listen to us on the Cast on Castbox, which is a podcast aggregate. So any of those types of sites, you can find us. Our apps, you can find us on. So
0: yeah. Um, just a quick draft update, uh, <laughs> uh, Derwin James, of uh, Florida state. He went number 17 to the chargers. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, my Cowboys picked up Leighton Vander Esch a linebacker. So they did not indeed dra- did not trade draft. up to get a wide receiver. We could, we could have drafted Calvin Ridley. He was there, but yeah, we passed on him. <laughs> um, the Falcons pick at 26. They have not picked yet. Hmm. Uh, we're at number 22 with the Ravens, uh, the Raiders traded with the Steelers and they got Martavis Bryant. So now Derek who Carr got, has got Martavis? Oh, the, the um, Raiders. Oh, snap. So he's got, so Crabtree's still there, right? No, no Crabtree's gone. He went to the Ravens, but they did get Jordy Nelson. Well, hold okay, so but they still have they have Cooper, they have Nelson, and now Mark Nelson Tavis and Martavis Bryant. No excuses for the Raiders.
2: That's not a that's not a bad uh, wide receiver core. Right no there. excuses. That's not no too excuses. bad. No <laughs> Or we just find out that um, somehow <laughs> somehow Aaron Rodgers had the juice for Jordy Nelson, <laughs> and Jordy Nelson ain't He's that good. Broken. He's broken. <laughs>
0: He's broken.
2: As soon as he left, he's just like you're done. It like, it's like <laughs> you never catch a pass again. So we're about to have see Jimmy Graham have a career year. Yeah, with the Packers. like come on, okay, that yeah, that's not bad. Now, Mark Cooper's coming into his own. Martavis Bryant, of course, who knows is pretty good. So yeah, that that could be interesting. Yeah, that could be very interesting. So uh, I guess they they're probably betting on Mark Cooper being their number one then. Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he's, he's
0: he's he's their number one. Yeah,
2: he, he's he's their number one. Well, I'm thinking like if they're bringing in people, Martavis Bryant is good, but he's not he's It'll not be your number num-
0: one. We'll be numbered. He'll be on the other side. Yeah,
2: that'll be cool. I might try to. Well, I don't have league, not league pass. That's basketball. Red zone or red zone or what's the what is it called for NFL? Um,
0: Sunday ticket. Yeah, I don't have
2: that, so I can't I can't watch all the games, but.
0: I watch, I, watch, I, w- I can watch Red Zone on my phone. Oh, yeah, because you Verizon? Because I have Verizon. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. Like Red Zone is for the people with ADD.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could probably watch it because I like ESPN Goal Line. Like, I'll just turn
0: that oh, on. yeah, that's the, the college football. Yeah. Engine. I'm like, this is awesome. But I, I can watch um, on the Monday night game. I can watch that on my phone. Oh, for real? Yeah. And I okay. can watch the Thursday night game.
2: Nice, nice.
0: Even though I don't like Thursday night football. You don't it, like it's color like, rush? They're, they're going they're do it away there from the away. Yeah. Uh it was kind of dumb. Well it looked uh, like your
2: team's colors threw up. Like it's just
0: especially Jacksonville's. Yeah.
2: Like it mustard. Like, <laughs> it, <was>
0: mustard. <laughs> it looked like pea. It looked like <laughs> urine. <laughs> pee colored pea colored uniforms. Uh they changed their uniforms. Oh they did? Yeah. Oh, I don't have to check that. If out. they do the color rush, I think it's gonna be all black. I even saw that Shad Khan bought when he's in talks to buy Wembley. Uh, Oh yeah. Yeah. The owner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. is Jacksonville moving to London that we don't need a team in London, but anyway, um, the Ravens traded out of that pick. So now the Titans have the number 22 pick. So that's what's happened in the last couple of minutes. But, um, yeah, that'll do it for our show. Um, Okay, we start with Route Sixty Six. Uh mm-hmm. should we play Strange Love or Never Let Me Down Again? Or one of the more interesting titles, Pimp.
2: Let's play that one.
0: Let's Pimp. play Pimped. Pimp. Pimp. P I M P F Yeah. I don't know what this sounds like. I've never heard this song. We'll we'll find out together. <laughs> so we're gonna end the show with Pimp and uh thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.